0: Well, uh, today we are wrapping up this series we've been calling The Journey. Uh, my son asked me earlier in the week if it wasn't over already, so I don't know if any of you uh, have similar sentiments, but today is the final day of it, okay, and we'll move on to, to something else. And I hope it has been an encouragement to you as we have kind of looked at some of the tools and principles that God has given us for our journey through life and our journey that we take with Him. I was uh, thinking this week back to a time when I was a child um, I don't know if you've had similar experiences to this. I can remember going to my grandmother's house, and she had in her closet one of those uh, kind of older slide projectors. Uh, how many of you remember what a slide projector even is? That's good. Thank you. And uh, she had one of these slide projectors, and it had the long rectangular trays that went through and just slid forward like that. Some of you can remember. And... Um, so And she had all, it seemed like thousands, it probably wasn't, but all of these trays of slides of vacations that they had been on as a family. And uh, I remember one time we took those slides out, and I was actually kind of excited to begin with, and uh, you know we began to look at some of those pictures, and for the first 10 minutes or so, it was really fun. Uh, it was kind of cool to see my mom as a little girl and some of the places they had been. And I really have no idea how long we watched those or how many slides there were, but in my memory, it seems like it was hours. And there were thousands, because after the first ten minutes or so, I really grew tired of watching their slides. But you know what? They enjoyed it the whole time because every slide was a memory to them. They were excited about these places that they had been to and the experiences that they had had. And we're all similar to that, aren't we? When we have been somewhere, that we've been on a great trip, or we're on a great trip, I and mean, we're excited about it. We're anxious to tell everybody about it. We, in fact, we want to invite other people. To, to join us on that trip, don't we? I, I was uh, with one of my pastor friends this week, Dennis, and uh, he mentioned that he had a couple of uh, free round trip airline tickets that he needed to use, and he and his wife wanted to go somewhere, so I immediately began to tell him about our trip to Boston, Peg and I, and I, I said, Mean, you gotta go, and I, I probably told him way more than he wanted to know about our trip to Boston, but I, I was excited about it, I thought, y- you need to go on that trip. Uh, we were having our uh, creative team meeting, Uh, Monday night at our house and uh, one of the ladies that was there happened to mention that she and her husband had never been on a cruise. Well, Peg and I immediately jumped in and began to tell her about the cruise that we had been on and how great it was and that they needed to go sometime because we were excited about this trip. You know one of the most fulfilling things that we can do in our journey through life is to invite other people to join us on the journey. Because we ought to have that same kind of excitement and energy about this journey that we are on In following God. You know what? God has given us a huge privilege and a great responsibility. He has said to us, I want you to represent me to the world. The Bible says we are God's ambassadors. Have you thought about that? You are God's ambassador to our city. You are God's ambassador to your neighbors. You are God's ambassador to the people that you work with. You are God's ambassador to the kids that you go to school with. And that is a a huge privilege and a great responsibility. In fact, Paul talks about us being ambassadors for Christ in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's a book in the New Testament of your Bible. And if you brought your Bible today, uh, I want to encourage you to open that up. And uh, I forgot to think of this ahead, but if we could get those back lights on so they could see. Um, If you'll open your Bibles, and I hope you brought them again. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you're looking for 2 Corinthians, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, then you'll come to 2 Corinthians. If you get to Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, those books, you've gone too far. Now let me give you a little background, and then we're going to look at some verses here where Paul talks about us being an ambassador for Christ. Paul was an early leader in the church, and he wrote a lot of letters to people uh, that we have the fortune of having in the New Testament of our Bible. One of those letters he wrote to the Corinthian people in a town called Corinth. Now, Corinth was a pretty large metropolitan, very commercial city. It uh, was Greek, and so there was all of that Greek culture that you probably think about. Uh, about two hundred fifty thousand people lived there, and in addition to that, there were another four hundred thousand slaves. Uh, experts think who were part of the population of this city, and uh, they were very wealthy. There was a lot of immorality, and a lot of different religions represented. There were twelve different temples in the city of Corinth. Twelve different religions that were uh, worshipped at that time. So in that kind of culture, which really is not a whole lot different from the culture that we live in, Paul writes this letter to a group of Christ followers and he says to them, you're ambassadors. In fact, listen to what he says. I want to start in verse 20. We're going to kind of go there. It's kind of the bottom line of what he says and then we're going to go back towards the beginning uh, and look and kind of dig around there at what he says about us being ambassadors. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, Paul says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making His appeal through us. Have you thought about that? It's as though God were making His appeal to our culture. As though He was making His appeal to our neighbors, to our community, to our fellow students at school. As though He was making His appeal through us. We implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled. And we're going to talk about that last part in a few minutes. But there it is. We are ambassadors for Christ. We represent God to our community. We represent God to our world. I don't live to represent myself. I live to represent the Savior who died for me. I live to represent Him. I live to represent the One who loves me. I represent the One who died on the cross in my place, I am His ambassador. I heard an incredible story recently. It happened back at the time of the Korean War. A young American soldier, as many stories have gone, fell in love with a Korean woman and, uh, or became involved with a Korean woman. And um, but the end of the war came, and he headed back to America. Had didn't have any more contact with her. She ended up being pregnant and gave birth to a young girl. To a girl, of course she was young, uh, gave birth to a girl. You know, it's just inevitable when you're talking like this, that you say things and as soon as they come out of your mouth, you think, that was really stupid. And of course they were young. She, she gave birth to this uh, little girl, but uh, she didn't look Korean. You know, she was, was mixed, a mixed race and uh, had curly hair. And in their culture, that meant this little girl and her family would be rejected throughout life, would be made fun of, would be ostracized. The mother did the very best that she could for the first seven years of this girl's life amidst a lot of rejection, a lot of ridicule to try to raise her. But she ultimately ended up doing what probably none of you as mothers in this room could ever imagine doing. The rejection and ridicule became so difficult that she abandoned her seven-year-old daughter to the streets. And for two years, this little girl somehow survived living on the streets Ultimately, she made her way to an orphanage where she was taken in. And while she was living there, word came that the next day an American couple was coming to adopt one of the little boys, they thought. And so they they cleaned up all the little boys. The little girls helped fix their hair up and they wanted to make a great presentation. And the next day, this American couple came. And this little girl writes all of this in her own words because now she lives in America. She uh, writes about the coming. She said it was like Goliath walked into the room, this huge man, and he would go around and he picked up every little baby every child in the orphanage she said it looked as though he wanted to take every single child home because the tears were just coming down his cheeks she said then then it happened then it seemed like he noticed me out of the corner of my eye and she said in her own words i was nothing to look at I was nine years old, but barely weighed 30 pounds. I was scrawny. My body was filled with worms. I had ugly scars. My hair was a mess. I had lice in my hair. I was horrible looking. And yet this man made his way over to me, put his hands on my face, as if to say, this is the child. This one's for me. And as I heard that story, I thought, That's the Jesus I know. That's the Jesus I represent. A Jesus who looks beneath the ugliness of our scars, beyond the ugliness of the failures of the past, and loves us. He looks beyond all of that to the soul of a person who was made in the image of God. That's the Jesus I represent. A Jesus who figuratively would take His hands and hold my face and look deep into my eyes and say, You're the One. You're the One for me. I've been waiting for this moment since the foundations of the earth were laid. I've been waiting for this moment to invite You to be adopted into my family. That's the Jesus that I represent. I am his ambassador. And when I read that story, I realize it is love that compels me to be his ambassador. In fact, I want you to look at verses 14 and 15. Paul says we are his ambassadors and then he sort of fills in around that and says as his ambassadors, here's, here's what motivates you. Here's your message. Here's your mission. Look at verses 14 and 15. He says for Christ love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all. He's talking about the fact that Jesus went to the cross and died for all of us. One died for all and therefore all died. Because of His death, our sin is gone. And He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. You know what motivates me to be an ambassador for Jesus, to represent Him to people around me. It's His love that compels me. That's what motivates me. And as His ambassador this morning, I want to say to some of you, do you understand how deeply God loves you? Do you understand this morning the depth of His love and the fact that He has said to you, I want to adopt you into my family? I want to forgive you of all of your sins. And some of you in this room this morning, this needs to be the day that you accept that gift. That you accept His invitation. That you step across the line and say, I am going to follow Jesus Christ. I am going to trust Him to lead my life. I am going to be baptized as a way of publicly declaring my faith in Him. And publicly declaring that I am going to follow Jesus and that I have been adopted into His family. And some of you today, today needs to be the day that you finally accept that gift of love. It is love that compels us to represent Him to every man, woman, and child and try to give them repeated opportunities to hear and to see and to respond to Jesus' gift and to His love. Secondly, Paul says about this idea of us being ambassadors, he tells us what our message is. Look at verses 18 and 19. He says, All of this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ. Do you understand what he's talking about here? He's saying that there was a time in our lives for every human being that we were separated from God because of our sin. But because of Jesus' death on the cross, we have been reconciled. That relationship can be restored. And so he says all this from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Our message as His ambassadors is to help people understand that God wants a restored relationship with them and really to help them understand that the debt of our sin has been paid in full. Can I ask you what might be considered a personal question, but not really in our culture? How many of you are in some kind of debt? Credit cards? Mortgage? Yeah, pretty much all of us in the room, aren't we? Now, what if I told you this morning that I had heard that there was a guy that if you would just take him some kind of proof of your debt, he would write a check and pay off your debt in full. Whatever your mortgage is, car payments, credit card bills, you just go to him, he writes a check, paid in full. Now suppose you went to this guy and he wrote the check and all of your debt was erased. Do you think you could keep quiet about that? I doubt it. You'd run home and you'd pick the phone up and you'd tell, call everybody you could think of who you know is in some kind of debt and say, you've got to get over and see this guy. He is paying off anyone's debt. He doesn't care what the circumstances are. He's not asking about why you're in debt. He's not asking if you made bad choices. He's just paying off the debt. I mean, you'd tell everybody, wouldn't you? You'd bump into somebody that you'd never met at the grocery store and you'd say, hey, by the way, have you heard about this guy that's paying off debt? Do you understand this morning That's the message we've been given about God. We all have owed a debt that is much greater than any financial debt we have ever owed in our lives. It is the debt of our sin. And Jesus, when He went to the cross, paid it in full. And that's the message. That's the message that God has asked us to be His ambassadors and communicate to people around us. What could be more exciting? What could be more important than for us to share with people A message of reconciliation. Look at verse 21. It says, God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. You know what? That's the story of the cross. The story of the cross is that Jesus who was perfect and had never sinned, Jesus took my sin upon Himself and He gave me His righteousness. That's the story of the cross. And it's the story of the cross that God has asked us to represent to the world. I heard about an old church in Greenwich, Connecticut that has some kind of interesting architecture. They have a, a cross that is right in the center aisle, right in front of the platform. And this is no small cross, and it cannot be moved. It is anchored in concrete. It stands ten feet tall. It is right there in the middle of everything. I mean, when you sit and look at the pastor as he speaks, you have to look through the cross. If you get married in that church, couples have to decide are we going to stand to the right or the left of the cross. It's right there in the middle of their ceremony. When they do funerals in that church, they have to decide where where are we going to, which side of the cross are we going to put the casket on. It is right there in the middle of that service. It is in the middle of everything. And this isn't some attractive looking cross. It stands ten feet tall. It's kind of odd in its proportions in terms of the cross beam. It's made out of really ugly, rugged wood. You get a splinter if you touch it, it. It's ugly. But it is right there in the middle of everything. And that is exactly where the cross ought to be in our lives. Right in the middle of everything. Because it is the cross and the fact that Jesus took our sins upon Himself that makes all of the difference in our lives. And God says, as my ambassadors, I want the story of the cross to be right in the middle of your life. And I want people to see it wherever you go. And that's the message that I want you to represent to the world. Our motivation is Jesus' love for us. Our message is the story of the cross. And Paul says our mission is to represent God to everyone that we come in contact with. You know, an ambassador is simply someone who officially represents their country or their leader. And God has asked us to officially represent Him to everyone that we come in contact with. You know, what people think of you is what people will think of God. It's true. And that makes me stop and pause and ask, well, man, how have I done then at representing God this week? What kind of ambassador have I been for him. Now, I think we would all agree that to really represent a king, you've got to know the king fairly well, don't you? And to represent a country, you, you've got to be committed to that country. Now, I've been to Bulgaria two times. And uh, I've stayed in the home of Bulgarian people, homes of Bulgarian people. I have uh, eaten Bulgarian food, most of which I don't really like. Um, I, I can even uh, say a couple of Bulgarian words. So do you think I'd make a good ambassador for Bulgaria? No, probably not. Because you know where my heart and my loyalty is? It's in America. America is the country that I know. America is the country that I grew up in. It's the American culture that I am immersed in. And that's where my heart and that's where my loyalty is. And if I'm going to represent God, He's got to have my heart. He's got to have my loyalty. I've got to have a growing relationship with Him. I have to keep getting to know Him better and better and better so that I can represent Him well to people that I come in contact with. Which, as a side note, takes us back to all of those tools that we've been talking about throughout this series. It takes us back to the importance of having a a time and a place and a plan where we read the Bible as we grow to understand God more deeply. It, It reiterates the importance of prayer in my life of having time every day where I go into my room and I close the door and I spend some time declaring the greatness of God and surrendering all of me to all of Him and being reminded that of my dependence on Him. It reminds me of the value of making sure that as I take this journey, I have packed light and that I have lived out the principle that we talked about last week of the Sabbath and having time in my life where I renew and reconnect with God. Because I need a growing, healthy relationship with God if I am going to represent Him well to people that I come in contact with. Now, I think Paul points out a couple of other things that ought to be true about God's ambassadors. For one, he says our view of people should be different. Look at what he says in verse 16. He says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, so we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. You know what? Our culture constantly is evaluating and assigning value to people, isn't it? And if we're honest, we get caught right up in it. We quickly evaluate and assign value to people. Do you remember being asked, this an old scenario, maybe when you were in school or sometime, people would give you this situation, they'd say, there is this lifeboat in the middle of the ocean and there are five people on it. One of them has to be, go overboard for everybody to survive. And the five people are... A male lawyer, a female doctor, a crippled child, a stay-at-home mom, and a garbage man. Which one do you throw overboard? Now, yeah, I wasn't really asking for your opinions, okay? But thank you, because that plays right into what I'm trying to point out. See, we immediately, don't we? That whole story, that whole scenario is about assigning value to people. And we do it all the time. I, and John Miller, in one of the books that he has written, uh, talks about five ways that we often assign value to people. The five criteria that we use to judge the value of people. One is their ability to slam dunk a basketball. Or in other words, how athletic are they? If they're athletic, if they have athletic skill, then our culture... They have some value. Secondly, he says, another way that we assign value has to do with good looks. If they're good looking, if they've got a nice physique, then we assign value to them. If we perceive that they're not good looking, they're not valuable. Another way that he says we assign value has to do with intelligence. If they're really perceived to be smart, you know, if they excel in their career, then they have value. But if they're just a run-of-the-joe guy, like most of us, no value in that. Another way has to do with wealth. You know, if somebody is wealthy, whether they have earned it or it's been given to them, if they have money, if they have nice things, they must be valuable. And then there's this last one that maybe is my favorite. I would call it rightness. Rightness in this sense. If somebody agrees with me about my views, then they have value. But if they don't agree with me, they're of less value. Honestly, if we're honest, it's true, isn't it? If somebody's going to vote the same way in this upcoming election that I am, they're right. That's valuable. But if they're not, they're less than human somehow. (laughs) They don't have value. Now, we laugh about it, but it's true, isn't it? We assign value based on rightness. Paul says that's the worldly way To see people. And he says as God's ambassadors, we should see people differently. We should look at people, every person, as a human being that was created in the image of God and is loved and valued and cared about by God. Not by some criteria that we have made up, but we need to see people as God sees people. And place the kind of value that God places on people. A second thing that Paul says will be true of people who are trying to live out this mission of representing God is in verse 17. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Paul says we ought to, that being an ambassador will affect our lifestyle that there will be something different about the way that we live. Now, he's not talking about perfection. He's not saying we'll never mess up because we will. I do, you do, and we will. But he is saying that there will be something that is changing about our lifestyle if we are God's ambassador and this relationship is real. I can remember when I was in high school playing basketball and then later in college when I used to travel for my university to represent them, I was told many times, you know, you you represent our school. You are an ambassador for our school, and how you behave on the court, and how you behave in these churches, and how you behave when you travel—that's a representation of who we are as a school. It's true, isn't it? I mean, if you if you go to a, a high school sporting event, or maybe even a college sporting event, and their athletes act in a bad way in your perception, you sort of transfer that thinking that well, maybe the whole school is that way, isn't it? Or if you interact with people who are from a certain association or organization and they behave a certain way than you, you oftentimes just begin to think, well, everybody associated with that group must be like that. You know, when I travel out of the country, I have to realize that when other people interact with me, however they perceive me, they may think that all Americans are like that. If I come across as rather rude and obnoxious than that just gives credit to the thought that they probably already have that all Americans are rude and obnoxious. But if I am kind and generous, then they may begin to think, well, maybe all Americans are kind and generous. How I act paints a picture for people of what God and His followers are like. And so if my lifestyle, if my actions, if my words don't honor God, then I have painted the wrong picture for other people. And they have made a determination about whether or not they want anything to do with God or His church or His people based on what they've seen in my life. You see, we are all His ambassadors if we are Christ followers. And everywhere we go, to everyone we interact with, we represent Jesus Christ. Now at Crosspoint, we have we have embraced that idea that we are His ambassadors. Our mission as a church is to help people get connected to Jesus Christ. And we embrace the idea that we are His ambassadors in this community, that we represent Jesus to our community. Now I know that, you know what, there are a lot of people who live in our community that have a lot of strange ideas about what churches are like. And so we have worked really hard here to create an environment that we hope takes away a lot of those things, that tears down some of those walls, that tears away some of those preconceived ideas. But I want to encourage you this morning and remind you that we are His ambassadors and we need to make sure that as our church continues to grow older and older, that we don't lose sight of that original mission that we started out with and that original excitement and intensity that we had about creating an environment in this place that would welcome anyone that would make them feel like, you know what, I am loved and accepted here. And our tendency can be, and I'm not saying this necessarily happens, but I'm saying it can happen. Our tendency can be as we get more and more comfortable being around here, that we give less and less energy to welcoming those who are new. We can become more and more comfortable with the fact that we've gathered a little group of friends here. And so on Sundays it becomes easier just to hang out with them than it does to look around and say, who might be new today? And how could I welcome them? How could I let them know about Jesus' love for them by how they're treated in this place? If we're not careful, we'll lose our intensity and energy towards what it takes to create this environment. It's a lot of work here every week, isn't it? And as time goes along, it's possible for us to begin to think, is it really worth it? Well, it is. It is every week. If people come into this place who are investigating Jesus Christ by the environment that we create here, we're saying to them, we value you enough and we want to represent Jesus in such a way that we'd go to this kind of effort every week so that we could help you connect with Jesus Christ. We are His ambassadors in this place and everywhere we go. We are His ambassadors. Listen again to what Paul said in verse 20 that we started with. He says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's our message to everyone we encounter. God loves you and He wants to be reconciled to you.